So, hey guys, welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And this week, I am beyond honored to have the insanely hardworking and talented musician who plays in the McCharmleys, Eleven Arms, the Altons, Twin Seas, Introverted Funk, Honeytones, and Apollo One, the one and only Carlos Canovas. Thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. You have no idea how much I appreciate it, especially knowing with how busy you are. Uh, honored to be here. <laughs> oh, the honor's all mine. So I think it's safe to say that you have this incredible work ethic that is deeply dedicated to music. But before we dive into your creative projects, how exactly did you find rock and roll? I found rock and roll through, um, I have to credit my dad and, and my mom on that, just because they had a very wide variety of music tastes themselves when, when I was growing up. Um, just going places with them in the car, it was like they'd throw on like a cumbia CD. Then after that, we'd be listening to like some 80s stuff like the Smiths or the Cure. Um, my dad would throw on Metallica and then right away you'd be listening to Corridos. <laughs> it was just a bunch of a bunch of different music just going on around my family. But yeah, that, that's how I got my first introduction to like rock music was through through my parents. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So then how did you start developing your own musical taste? Because I mean, I feel like with every kid, there kind of gets to a point where it's like you listen to what your parents listen to, but then you kind of start wanting to explore what else there is. So like, how did you start exploring music on your own? Um, on my own was through friends when I started finally like meeting uh, um, friends who um, were into the same things I was. Well, there's like a bit of a story to that. Um, I used to be into mainly like the old school hip hop, like NWA and like Tupac and all that stuff, which I'm still into. I, I love it to this day, but that's all I would strictly listen to until um, I think uh, I was about 12 when I got like um, diagnosed with um, with diabetes. And um, after that, I wasn't allowed to play sports as much anymore i used to be really into sports and i used to be in like a basketball team soccer team at the same time doing all these different things very athletic kid and um yeah once they told me i couldn't do that anymore i kind of wanted to fill my time with something else and i was always very curious about music since i was a, a baby i always loved music and um there was this this kid who would always walk around with an electric guitar at, at my middle school so i, I started i befriended him and yeah, after that, you know, he introduced me to, to Green Day. It was probably the first band I ever listened to was Green Day. And then from there, just started opening up to different types of things. I went from dressing like a little gangster kid to just dressing all in black within like two months. <laughs> the evolution. Yeah, I evolved. <laughs> it's funny, I feel like every middle school has that kid that would always walk around with either an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar. And they always like attracted this group of other, I guess other kids who wanted to learn. And then it was just a bunch of, well, what do you know? Like what chords do you know? And it was just like this, I don't know, kind of like this little mini lesson during lunch breaks or during like breaks in between classes. Yeah. I, I don't know, like those kids are always great. So if there's a kid listening, carry around a guitar. You'll you'll bring people around you. You'll inspire many other kids to do what you're doing. <laughs> Definitely. So then, guitar was the first instrument that you played, correct? Correct. Because you know how to play drums, guitar, bass, and you also sing. 
So then yeah. how did you develop, you know, your drumming skills and your bass skills and your singing skills? Um, singing was just because you don't need an instrument to do it. And like my parents tell me stories that even when I was a baby, I would just sing along to stuff on the radio, even though I know what the hell they were saying. Um, and yeah, when I started getting into like, even with the hip hop stuff, like I always loved to just sing the hook. I was never into rapping really. I don't know how to rap, but I would just love to sing along to whatever came on the radio. And um, yeah, I noticed that I didn't sound bad and I, I wasn't off key. So I just decided to pursue it as a, like maybe I can do this type of thing. I still don't see myself as a lead vocalist. I'm way better off as doing, you know, vocal harmonies and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's how I came into singing. It's just because you could do it anywhere at any time. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, so then how did you pick up the drums and the bass? Drums and bass, drums, um, that's always been my favorite instrument. It's, it's um, the one probably most people know me playing for and all these groups. Um, drums was because I just noticed that I was able to tap along like on tempo to things and I got very curious about it. I was just like, hmm, maybe if I actually played drums, I might be pretty decent at it. And um, when I had first gotten into my first music class that I was just enrolled in as, as an elective class, it wasn't even my choice. Um, the music instructor assigned me a trumpet. So this guy didn't let you pick what instrument you wanted to play. He just gave you one just based on what you look like. He's like, oh, you look like a trumpet player, so I'm gonna give you a trumpet. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I, I guess. <laughs> And um, like I did learn, I, I can dabble with the trumpet a little bit still, but it just wasn't what I was into. And I kept bugging him and bugging him if I could try out the drums. And um, he, he, one day he finally caved in. He was like, all right. He was a little upset. He was like, all right, if, if I'm gonna get on the drum kit, um, I need you to do exactly what I'm gonna do. If you could do this, then you got the gig for sure. You're, you're, you can play drums. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, did, he played some pretty simple beats, but I wouldn't say they were simple for someone who's never touched the drum set. But I was able to do pretty much exactly what he did. And he just sent me to the back room. He's like, put your trumpet away. He's like, grab some sticks, get on the kit. And I'm like, all right, cool. So since then, you know, I just I haven't stopped playing drums since then. That's beautiful. <laughs> With the bass guitar, it happened in the same class, actually. He had a beaten up old bass that had like one string on it, like just in the background over there, somewhere in the corner. And I really liked the color of it. Um, um, it's kind of like this. It was like a nice, like white, like yellowish. A nice cream color. Yeah. And I love that color. Um, but yeah, I kept asking him, like, what is that over there? I'm like, can I play that guitar? And he, my, my first music teacher was like this old jazz guy. His name was Reverend Alvin McKinney. <laughs> Even sounds like a jazz guy. <laughs> um, and he's like, that's a good, that's, that's not a guitar, it's a bass. And I'm like, oh, well, can, can I go, like, can I take it home? Can I practice with it? He's like, oh, it doesn't work, whatever. But I always got curious about it only having four strings because I thought it'd be easier to play than a, than a guitar which it's not, that's not true at all. <laughs> Many bassists out there know that. Um, but 
I personally found myself being able to get around the bass a lot easier, be creative with it. Um, honestly, guitar is my first instrument, but I don't think I'm really that good at it. I can't solo or anything. The oh. bass is kind of where I'm able to express myself a little more, you know, melodically. I do want to ask, because uh, I've had other uh, also like really great drummers on here, and everyone's initial, I guess, like reaction to first playing the drums is the surprise or the shock of how loud it is. So what was it like, like first time banging away at it? Um, it felt pretty cool. I mean, I, I already knew how loud it was going to be because I was already in the music class and I could hear all the drummers behind me and, you know, while I'm trying to play trumpet over here. So it wasn't that big of a shock. Um, yeah, no, it, it, honestly, it all came pretty natural to me. I feel like I got very lucky in that sense um, in playing drums. It, it, it felt like I, it felt like I skipped the entire learning process. Huh. It felt like I just sat on the kit and I was able to just give you a four on the floor to a metronome like instantly. <laughs> That's awesome. So then with all of these instruments that you have under your belt and at a young age, because I mean, what around what age did you start learning how to play all of these instruments? Uh, between 12 and 13. And then when was your first band? First actual band? Well, it was also when I was uh, about 13 years old or whatever age you are in seventh grade. Um, but yeah, that's when I attempted to start a band for the first time with that same kid who would always walk around with the guitar. And we were trying to do a, we were trying to do a, a punk a punk band, and um, we called ourselves the Studs because <laughs> you know those little uh, those little studs you put on your like jacket to like make it look cool and punk. Yeah. But, yeah, we like named ourselves that. It was terrible. It was the worst fucking thing. Because he was also a beginner guitarist. Like I was like beginning too, and it was yeah, it was it was pretty funny. But yeah, that was. I guess you could say. What was that? Is there any music left over from that or any videos oh, from that? No, there's not. There is a video of my very first like gig in front of people. Ooh. Um, somewhere on visiting that. Um it actually sounded pretty good. I'm 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 not gonna lie. It was it was pretty alright for a bunch of beginners. But then again we're playing just like Heaven by the Cure, which is a really easy song to play for anyone that's starting out, so mm. it was cool. It, it went good. <laughs> so it was a studs that was your first band, but what was your first, I guess, like performance performance that you did at like in as a musician or in a band? Uh, that was in eighth grade, the year after that. So that kid with the guitar ended up moving away, and um, I ended up being friends with all these other. Well, so some of the guys I went to elementary school with also started to get curious about music, like my little friend group, kind of like I don't know, we were kind of like the Stranger Things kids, just these nerds, and. Um, yeah, like we started to, um, well, some of them started to like want to play music and they, they wanted to do like a tribute to the strokes. They wanted to play a few stroke songs after school. So that was that was the first thing I did, like in, in public, like playing in front of friends. And then with another group of friends, we also did like this Black Sabbath cover for a talent show in middle school as well. Yeah, it was just a bunch of one off stuff. Just playing for talent shows, playing covers. That's pretty cool. I mean, hey, we all get like, somewhere. Yeah, where, where the real like um, original stuff came from was from um, it was myself and my friend Tony. 
who plays with me in Apollo One, he plays guitar. He, um, you know, he, he was taking guitar lessons at the time and he got really good real quick. I was better than him probably for about a month. And then he just like, just took off amazing guitarist. Um, and we started like messing around with a lot of like the, the, the emo screamo stuff. You know, a lot of like um, follow Troy type stuff, dance, Gavin dance, you know, um, Mars Volta type stuff. They're not emo, but, but you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's when I started doing the whole original music thing. Um, with them, I got to play the Whiskey at Go-Go a few times, the Key Club before they, they finally got rid of it. Um, we did, we headlined at the House of Blues in Anaheim probably like twice. And we also did, um, do, you, do you remember this venue called Chain Reaction out in Anaheim? It rings a bell, but I've never been. Yeah, we, we it, it was more of like a hardcore scene type of venue. We played there a lot. And uh, at the Glass House in Pomona, I think that was probably the biggest show we did. We, we headlined the Glass House at Pomona. So that was nice. pretty cool. And we were like 16, 17 year old kids at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so that, going back to your first performance, how did you feel being up there on stage and how did you feel after? Um, I felt good. It, it, what's funny is that like, it's funny like me and me and Tony still talk about it to this day. And, and I felt like we gave less of a fuck back then than we do now. Like both he and I get stage fright nowadays still after doing it for so many years. But when we were these like teen kids who gave, we gave no fucks about anything. We would just go up there and just, just do it. You know, we weren't embarrassed, we weren't afraid. Um, I don't know how that works, but somehow now I do get nervous about it. <laughs> oh, I mean, you could have fooled me because I've had, I'm very fortunate to have seen you perform. And again, you seem like such a natural up there. So again, you could have fooled me. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> right? <laughs>
so you play in multiple projects at the moment. How do you manage so many bands? And I mean, if you don't mind listing the bands that you kind of dabble in at the moment. Well, right now, like my main thing is the Macharmleys. Um, they're pretty much my priority band at the time. Um, I'm still playing with with the Love and Arms. We might have a few lineup changes coming up, but that thing, that's still going to be a thing. Um, those are pretty much the only two bands that I really have to juggle, but it's not really that big of an issue because Eddie from the Love and Arms also plays with us in the Macharmleys, and that's kind of where we're um, our main focus is at right now. Um, but other stuff, I mean, I, I still do one-off like recording gigs. I still do like like with Tropa Magica. Like I still go on tour with them whenever they need me to as a backup guitar player. Um, yeah, it's not that hard to manage with good planning and good timing. Okay, so I mean, it's not just being creative, but I mean, it's also like how you said, it's like good time management at that point. Yeah, I think with musicians, like I think that is just absolutely vital in order to get these projects going. Uh, and then how did you, how did you develop the discipline? Um, actually, I, I feel like I'm pretty undisciplined <laughs> in, in doing this. Um, I think the only reason why I seem so disciplined is because I want it so bad, you know? It's just, I feel like um, it's like one of the things that I was fortunate enough to be really good at. Like, aside from music, I, I'm pretty much useless in any other aspect of life. I have nothing else to offer society aside from music. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like, it's just because I love it so much. To me, it's not, a, it doesn't feel like I have to discipline myself to do it. It's just I enjoy it so much that I'm just, I'm there, I'm down, you know? Oh, so it's definitely rooted in passion at that at this point. It's completely. always has. Yeah, it's, it always has been. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, so I do want to know what has been the wildest show that, or the most memorable show that you've played. Memorable. There's a lot of really memorable shows, like some that I can't even remember where they happened, but. Um, yeah, there's a handful of them that I played. There was this one time we played out in New Mexico with La Chamba, and that was probably the, mo the biggest amount of people I've ever played to. It was for a Peruvian like music festival, and um, I had no idea there were so many Peruvian people. Like in New Mexico, it was, it was crazy. It was just playing to like a sea of people just dancing and singing along. That was really cool. Um, I did uh, Tropicalia, actually. I played Tropicalia in 2019 with um, this old Amy Winehouse tribute band I used to have. Used to manage that with um, Adriana and Brian from, from the Altons. We we all have this huge love for Amy and her music, so we decided to like get all our homies and form this like all-star group of badasses to just play Amy Winehouse songs. Uh, so that, that was cool. That, that, that was cool. Uh, our green room was right next to Evie Queens, so that was pretty dope. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She didn't show up, though. <laughs> Oof. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you have this really beautiful, I guess, repertoire of bands and shows that you've played. And with all that being said, I do want to know how exactly you would explain to a Martian who has no idea of what life is like on Earth, 
how would you explain it to a Martian? In the most literal sense, I suppose, and that's if they even understand that. Um, but basically, I, I pick up inanimate objects, make sounds with them to entertain other people. And if they understand the, the, the how currency works, then I guess you could also add the, the fact that you entertain them in order to make money. <laughs> Again, you're setting the, the standard high here. Like, you're the first person I'm interviewing for season three of The Shack. And this is the question that I'm throwing out there instead of a film, book, and album recommendation. I would have been and horrible at that question. I'm sorry? I would have been horrible at that question. Really? But I'm glad you replaced it. <laughs> I feel like the Martian one is actually a lot harder to answer, to be honest. I, I don't really like read books or uh, the last time I read a book was in high school. Um, I'm also terrible with movies. Uh, yeah, when it comes to like watching TV, like I just watch like a lot of uh, like adult animation type stuff like uh, Rick and Morty and like Archer, The Simpsons or like ask me anything about The Simpsons, I, I'll, I got you. <laughs> And it's so funny that you bring up like TVs and movies and all that, um, or at least specifically which TV shows you watch. Where exactly do you get your inspiration to create? Um, I guess that's more of, um, I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not much of a lyricist. Like I rarely write lyrics for songs. Um, I normally just pick up a guitar and strum a few chords and if I hear something that can be done with those with that progression then I'll just build off of it. Um, I guess my mood does affect what I want to play like if if um, yeah like for example like if if I'm like sad or something then I'll probably play something a little sadder you know Aww. or if I'm happy then I'll try to make something a little bit more upbeat. But yeah, like I don't really express myself through through poetry or lyrics all that well. I, I, it's something I do want to learn how to do, um, but I am still not really all that confident in doing that. Oh, that's awesome, though, because I mean, I know for the most part, there's been artists on this show or on the shack, you know, kind of be more specific, where they share that they get inspiration from, you know, like other artists or movies or from wherever. So I do think it's curious and I do like the fact that you kind of, not the kind of, but that you get your inspiration from yourself and your moods. Mm -hmm. So kudos to that. Cause I don't think, I mean, that's not easy at all. Cause that, that requires you to sit with yourself. And I know for me personally, I sure as hell don't like to sit with myself. It's like, oh God. I don't like doing it either. I actually would love to learn how to, well, one of my favorite bands is um, Coheed and Cambria. Some people might not agree with that because of his vocals, I get it they're kind of high and annoying but i love that the the way he structures his lyrics and music is um he basically created a story about other people like their first four albums are basically uh they, they have comic books that go along with them and that's because like if you if you see interviews of this guy he also had the same issue he had no idea how to write lyrics and he didn't know how to express his own emotions so he decided to just create stories about other people like fiction basically and write his songs like that which i think is super cool like i wish i could do something like that i didn't know that oh shit, that is pretty cool 
I mean, you kind of bring up something that we were talking about before. We're both kind of homebodies. We're both somewhat introverted, despite, you know, you being a musician and me running, you know, a podcast. We do kind of like staying on the sidelines and people watching. Yeah. I know for me personally, what I like to do when I people watch is kind of create this narrative around them and kind of build a story. Because um, I don't know if people know, but I've written a couple of short stories that have been published and I'm sitting on a couple of short stories that I'm trying to get published. And I think it's beautiful to sit back and just kind of look at people's lives as they pass by and knowing that they have this whole story behind them. So, I mean, I don't know if you're able to kind of like somewhat do the same when you people watch. Uh, I need to try it, definitely. Because I think that's really cool. You'd probably make a great lyricist or songwriter. <laughs> but that that that's like a talent all in itself. You know, it's something I would love to explore and, and attempt. Because who knows, maybe that's probably why I'm not writing any damn hits right now. It's because I just can't think of the right words. Maybe I need to write stories about other people, write songs about other people, as opposed to trying to just look at myself, you know? I mean, I think it'd be a beautiful challenge. I mean, I think you're already on the right path because I do admire you as a musician. You're incredibly talented. And I do want to say to the listeners, I will be tagging, you know, your Instagram and any other bands that you're, that you're, you know, in at the moment in the bio to this episode, along with any other links. I don't know. There's a couple of Spotify or... Yeah, there's, uh, most of them are on Spotify. Um, some are not for some reason, um, but yeah, I'm sure you can find them on Apple Music or on YouTube. Everything's on YouTube, so for sure YouTube. <laughs> It'll definitely be tagged in the link, or I'll be linking them in the bio of this episode, so please check it out because you're not going to regret it. I've shared uh, you or your band on my page before. And I've had messages from friends saying, it's like, who are these guys? Like they they really admire you as a musician and they admire your bands. So if you're not listening to the McCharmleys or the Love and Arms, you're missing out. So again, no excuses. The links are in the bio, give them a follow, check out future shows. Cause it's going to be a good time. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Oh no, it's nothing dude. It's just me stating the truth. Uh, I also need to give, I, like, I don't want it to just be all about me. I also want to give credit to, like, other musicians in these bands who have um, really helped me grow as a, as a musician. Um, I want to give a shout out to my homie PB, the guitar player for Introverted Funk, who, um, but before meeting that guy, all I played was bar chords on my guitar. Now, like, he taught me, being in that band taught me so much about playing, like, different chord voicings and like jazz chords and it just it opened my my world completely on guitar and now I'm able to write the songs that I do now because of that guy also Eddie Eddie from from the Love and Arms as well he's um he actually teaches music and um like I said being self-taught and doing everything by ear I never learned the proper names for things and um Eddie's really helped a lot with like actually showing me like oh this chord right here that's called the G chord that's called an A chord because I didn't know those things I just play by ear so thanks to those two guys like I've become a lot a lot better at, at what I do
So this leads me to my final question for you is what advice do you wish you could give to 15 year old you? 15 year old me, I would tell to not be so close minded about about music. Um, yeah, like, um, I don't know if I said the story at the last recording we did or if it was while we were just talking, but the, the whole thing about um, the, the Norteño groups and the Tamborazo groups, who when I was, um, yeah, when I was about 15, um, these, these guys kept asking me to join their like Tamborazo groups and all these things. And um, I always said no, because I was just that stubborn like kid who just wanted to play rock music and I don't want to play no like Spanish rancheras, whatever. But I had other homies who did do it and I would always see these guys walking around with like so much money, <laughs> so much money. And, and they got exposed to to really cool things, I guess, like the whole the grind of how to actually like work as a musician at a very early age. And um, I feel like I could have benefited from that. So I would tell 15-year-old me to just be more open-minded and to um, just try it out. You know, you never know what you're going to gain from from that experience. Um, big shout out to La Champa guys who really also like taught me more about playing different styles of music as well. You know, especially as a drummer, like playing cumbia is no joke, dude. <laughs> that shit, it, it, it can get tricky. <laughs> No, I love that. Uh, I mean, if you have any other final words for the listeners, because I don't have any other questions for you. So, I mean, any other parting advice or just any advice to musicians or artists in general? Just, um, I, I don't, I wouldn't know what to tell you guys. Just do you, man. Just, just do your thing that don't, don't let, um, I mean, obstacles are going to come up, but just don't let it get you down. You know, you still have a lot of time to, to do what you want to do. Just just go for it. Just don't be afraid to do it. Confidence is probably the best thing you can have. Like I said earlier, fake it till you make it. And it, it works. Trust. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I am so grateful that you gave me a bit of your time. I definitely appreciate it. I know that listeners definitely appreciate it. Uh, so thank you. Thank so you for having me on. I'm, I'm honored to be the first one on here for this season. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasures online. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Till next week. <laughs>